Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 44 of the Cross Media Show. Today's topic, we're going to be taking that red pill and diving in to the Matrix Resurrection Review. Before we get into our discussion, we've got a little bit of housekeeping to do. If you're listening on your favorite podcast service, feel free to give us a good rating on that platform. It helps the algorithm and helps us grow our audience. If you're watching this on YouTube, consider dropping a like and sub, and don't forget to hit the bell to get notified for all our, like the penultimate game show the marvel mondays initiative and my show anime nation if you're watching on twitch and have amazon prime you have prime gaming which means you get one free sub to give out we'd love if you gave it to us but if not that's quite all right and for those of you who don't know me my name is ryan one of the many hosts on the channel and i'm joined by some wonderful guests today to talk all things matrix First off, we got one-third of the movie podcast, Remember the Film, and half of the podcast, I'm So Tired, Italy's Biggest Matrix Fan, Hugo. How's it going, Hugo? I'm doing great. Uh, very excited to talk about this movie again. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Next, our next guest has been on before, someone who's very into Cobra Kai and, of course, The Matrix. It's Saj. How you doing, Saj? I'm doing well, Ryan. Thanks for asking. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next hour or so. So. All right. And last but certainly not least, one-fifth of Point in Progress, the man, the myth, the legend, Mario Rivera. How's it going, Mario? I'm doing well. I hope the blue pill or the red pill can help me survive COVID. I currently have <laughs> during this time, oh, but, I'm, but I'm still on oh, the beer, so it's going to be great. All Damn. right. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully it's some of that day quote. We just got some light stream and podcast updates to get freedom. We can dive right in. There we go. Ruben finally did it. He updated this month's schedule. So it's on the website. We'll be doing it weekly to be sure you see all the content we're doing throughout the year. That'll be at thepenultimateconquest.com slash stream. We're officially back next week fully, starting off with the Marvel Mondays initiative, finally talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. Feel free to drop your thoughts on the film to our SpeakPipe at www.speakpipe.com slash penconquest. And now for it. Time to get into the big topic of the day. The Matrix. Time to jack in. Talk about the Matrix. Let's do this. So first off, my first question is going to be, What's everyone's history with The Matrix? Hugo, what's your history with this franchise? Um, okay, uh, that's a loaded question. I could go on for that uh, for 20 <laughs> minutes, but I won't. Um, <clears throat> so uh, The Matrix was one of the first movies that I saw. Uh, I remember my dad buying the DVDs for me of the whole trilogy and showing it to me when I was way too young. Like I, was, I think I was nine years old when I first saw these three movies which is not, I don't know if it's the right age, but it, it was a time in my life my parents had just split up and my dad just sort of showed me a bunch of movies that maybe I shouldn't have been watching. Like I've watched a bunch of Tarantino movies and The Matrix and other stuff like that that were not appropriate for my age, but hey, it is what it is. So it's kind of been living with me for ever, uh, ever since then. So I, I watched it, I didn't watch them in theatres because I was a little too young for that, but I watched them around 2006, 2007. Um, and since then, I basically went on a roller coaster where The Matrix, the first one, has always been one of, if not my favorite movie. And I initially loved the sequels as much, 
as the first one, and then I went through a, like a teenage phase where I was like, oh, the sequels are stupid. There's too much talking and philosophy and that sort of stuff. And then I kind of circled back to really loving them again, uh, which is where I'm at now. Um, for entirely different reasons, because as a kid I was like, oh, cool explosion, and now I'm like, oh, they're sitting down talking about philosophy for 20 minutes, and, and that's kind of what I do <laughs> uh, just in, in my life generally, because, you know, I, I'm, kind of, I'm a student, I'm a political science and philosophy student, so uh, I'm very interested in that. Um, yeah, so I love these movies so much, and uh, I don't know, I don't want to spoil my thoughts on the next one, but I, I can just say I'm very positive. All right, all right. Stars, what about you? What's your history with this Matrix with the Matrix franchise? Uh it's pretty similar to Hugo's actually. Uh I grew up watching like Indian films with my parents. I didn't really watch American films. And then uh that movie came out uh when I was nine. And ever since then I've been watching I watched them all, all three of them in theaters. I uh I don't even know how many times I've watched the first one. It's kinda probably embarrassing. Uh <laughs> so we'll um yeah, and then also with the with, with the philosophy and stuff like that, like Hugo was talking about, I really got addicted to that aspect of it uh, when I was a little bit older. And I, yeah, I mean, I, I still watch them a lot. Uh, you know, I'm 32 now, so all of college I watched it. And yeah, it's a, it's a special. Uh, the first one especially is a spe- has a special place in my heart. All right, all right. What about you, Mario? What's your history of the Matrix franchise? Uh, Matrix franchise to me was probably one of the first films that I ever saw on the DVD format. Um, I remember specifically my father getting this new player and being to see the special features and see behind the scenes and seeing the Wachowskis and the uh, people behind the scenes creating all these iconic, um, you know, fight scenes and different techniques that they would use during this movie. So watching the movie as a whole and being just kind of blown away by um, the combination of it being a science fiction film mixed in with the martial arts, which this is roughly the time where I'm sort of getting into Dragon Ball Z. And so the anime aspects of it are, are kind of built in there too. And to see it all, you know, in my mind, it works no matter what. Um, it wasn't until years later revisiting to be like how perfect I think the first movie is and how it is able to present these ideas as well as add in philosophy and stuff like that and in combining it with nerd technology in terms of, you know, technology with uh, computers. Um, my mind never went there. It was always the funny, you know, punchy, kicky stuff. Um, but it wasn't until much later when I got to appreciate that. Um, going into, to like, the sequels, I think the sequels are probably um, my least favorite out of the, the bunch when, when, when I'm talking about, obviously, Reloading Revolutions. The idea was so cool, and I remember being so excited for a multi-release film that was happening in the same year of itself, if I'm not mistaken. Reloaded happens, and then there's literally a trailer for the next one that's like a couple months later. And that was like the coolest thing to be a part of growing up. Um, but I remember after watching the movie that I didn't really want to watch them ever again. Uh, so I, de- I never had the affinity for Reloaded and for Revolutions. So when Resurrections was coming around, I was sort of having the pit in my stomach of like, do I am I actually a fan of these movies? Do I just love the first film? Um, you know, very curious of how I was going into it. And when we get into it, I'm very, very happy to talk about that. All right. All right. I'm just going to give it my quick history. It, that's a 
Quite similar to um, Hugo's, actually. Watched The Matrix at way too young of an age. My dad loves me. Showed it to me at a young age. Uh, I remember watching on DVD as well, one of the first DVDs I remember watching. And uh, one moment to me, it will always stick out, though, with The Matrix and with everything, because I, I love the sequels to it. I, I think it was really neat. I remember it was sophomore year of high school, um, English, honors English. And the teacher, we're doing the analogy of the cave, so Matrix, of course, perfect for that. And he asked, has anyone in this class seen The Matrix? And I was the only kid to raise my hand. I was like, really? No one else in this whole room has seen The Matrix? And I got bonus points because I saw The Matrix. So I always hold The Matrix Beautiful. in a uh, happy guard because of that. <laughs> Give me a few extra points in the class. All right. That's amazing. But also, why did nobody see The Matrix? What, what, what was going on with those kids? Who knows? They were... Maybe they were too uncultured. Yeah, <laughs> this is the time where they're they're still like talking about their boy bands and their rap stars because comic book movies still haven't taken over at this point and been like the apex of cinema and everybody's talking about yeah. them. So. Yeah, no, I think we're probably. probably. I think we're at like Iron Man two at the time. <laughs> no, oh wait, for Matrix? Nah, nah, nah. When he was in high school, yeah, it'd be like Iron Man two had been like the movie out. Oh, so that's so, like two thousand what not nine no because because I, I, I know the yeah I know the first ones in that they came out like two thousand six. Hold on, wait, didn't uh, Iron Man come out in two thousand eight? The first that's one, that's correct. That's that is correct. So it would have to be like what two thousand nine, maybe a little bit earlier. Yeah. yeah. So about six. So 2003 is when the Revolutions came out. So yeah, that was a while. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Got it. And then, oh, none of those people had seen uh, the Matrix after all that time. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what a sad life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't get the thrill of uh, Neo and Ma- and Trinity just going into the the an area and shooting everybody. <laughs> one of the best. Uh, one of the best uh, motorcycle chase scenes of all time. Oh, yeah, just highway scenes. Yeah, I love that highway scene. All right, we've gone for the history. Now I want the initial thoughts with the opening of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of criticism this movie is getting is, especially with the opening of it and the first arc of it, it's just a little bit too meta. It's a little bit too on the nose. I personally really enjoyed that aspect of it. It was something I thought was the kind of just right jab in the throat that this movie needed and the the point she was trying to get across with it hugo what do you think about that real quick are we talking about the point by um when there's a turn or i'm talking about from when it's him working on the game to where morpheus uh comes out and it's like hey this is real there is an attack in the office building at the moment It's pretty much the first, the first like forty-five to fifty minutes of the movie is essentially all set in this new version of the Matrix. Mm -hmm. Um, It's pure nostalgia too. Like they keep on bringing it back to things from the mm -hmm. first and second movies, and uh, I thought that was pretty cool. It's yeah. Look, I think there's no way to make a Matrix movie in 2021 that isn't something as crazy as this is. I, I think the first movie is sort of lightning in a bottle and just can't be replicated just because of the, the significance that it had on so many levels. Just bringing 
a concept as as anime and weird to to mainstream cinema while also sort of revolutionizing the way cinema is made in the action genre anyway um, you know with actors training to make all those choreographies and then the groundbreaking special effects and all that um to me as a fan of uh, the Wachowskis in general, I, I pretty much love everything that they've made. Uh, I think creating something so meta and that comments on sort of nostalgia as a weapon, as it is often used in many movies today, and comments on the creative process itself, comments on, on the corporate culture behind the fact that a Matrix 4 even has to exist, um, is, for me, a stroke of genius. Like, the first 15 minutes of this movie are... 10 out of 10 I loved it as soon as I was uh, while I was watching it I was like this is exactly what I could everything that I could possibly want from a Matrix sequel because I because I don't think there's a way to make a straight uh, action movie in the Matrix universe that is worth much uh, today so I loved it I understand it's not for everyone Um, it's very very Kojima uh, and I love Kojima so uh, I I loved all of it I I definitely have to agree with that. It was it, it is very Kojima down to yeah. just him making a game called the Ma- that they went the whole route with that mm-hmm. to oh, such yeah. a degree is amazing. And my favorite tweet out of all the all the Matrix discourse was uh, I I would also try to kill myself if I won a game award. <laughs> and that was perfect. That was perfection. <laughs> I'm surprised Jeff Keighley didn't slither his way into that into that scene. Yeah, I mean, he made I, it into Death Stranding. I was surprised he wasn't in a background <laughs> character in there somewhere. We got someone else, though, which is really cool. Who's that? We got Donald Mustard from Epic Games. is prominent oh. in one of the scenes. I didn't uh, know that. Which, of course, if you've played the extended Matrix demo from mm-hmm. Epic Games and the Coalition, it, that's what's a cool tie-in. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, he's one of the one that one the um right before the meeting of him meeting Morpheus, he's like one of the interns that walks up, so like, hey, what's up? And I recognized him immediately from the game awards. No way. Mustard's in this? What's <laughs> happening? Yeah. yeah, there are several like levels to the meta as well. Like if you understand the casting choices and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. Chad Stahelski playing chad tiffany trinity's wife uh, sorry husband in this is another little thing that if you don't know who he is he's just some douchey guy but if you do know it's chad stahelski director of john wick and stunt <laughs> double to neo in in the matrix it there's that extra level that uh works for people who are really into tuned into this kind of stuff and but i don't uh, know how did, how did you guys do you guys feel about <laughs> all that stuff yeah mario what, what did you think we'll go with you next uh, very, very similar feelings. I mean, I, I, at first I had that hype when I watched the original trailer. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go to the theater to see it. And I was hearing, you know, completely 50% of like, either you love it or you hate it. And I was like, yeah. oh, I don't feel as much, you know, willingness to go to the theater. So I, of course, watched it on HBO Max, like a lot of people have. Um, and from the jump, I was like, okay, cool. We, okay, we are going back to the original Matrix in some aspects. Then from there, the way that they were twisting and turning it around and literally like having the rooms be upside down <laughs> in a lot of fun ways uh, 
once we started getting that this was going to be another one of those spiritual reboot movies that we've been getting a lot lately this year, or not this year, but this like last several years, um, whether it being The Force Awakens um, or it could be even the Halloween movie in some aspects where it's a sequel, but it's a, also a, a you know return yeah. to it. Um, and that's when I was starting. I was like, oh, no, I hope it's not like one of those. And luckily, it's not. It's not exactly like one of those. It's taking what you already know and turning it on its head and then allowing you to re-experience back into the Matrix in the same way that your character is, Leo, the character is, which I was very thankful for. Um because I and I love how much there is an if there is an emphasis on the other two movies, but there's totally 100% solo influence really focused on the first one specifically. And that mm-hmm. made me start to love it because it was a much smaller story in comparison to the grander themes of the sequels that I wasn't that necessarily a fan of. So for it to be as singular as about these two people uh, specifically being about Neo and Trinity and their relationship which for me has always been a thorough line. I know for a lot of people, people barely forgot those romance in the movie. <laughs> so when they got back to that and back to what I thought what The Matrix was actually about, I ended up having a great time all the way through, including after the, the turn that I feel like a lot of people turn off on the movie. All right, all right. Last song, what did you think about this opening bit? Yeah, so, so uh, in the specific, like the beginning of the movie, I loved it. Um, I loved how they went back to as many like really quick shots of the first movie. And then they just to remind you, you know what they're trying to get across at the specific moment. I thought it was great. I, I love that they did like the beginning modal as just the opening of the first matrix. It was just so nice and awesome to see that right. When you start the movie, you start to feel right at home. Um, and yeah. And the every, every single time they flash back on something, it kind of gave you that, exciting like you, that exciting feeling that oh something's gonna something's gonna go down right now that's gonna totally remind us of what the first one was like um and I, you two both did know did also say that the second and third movie weren't so much in it i was hoping for a little bit more of those but um it was still fun you know it did they did what they went to do and yeah uh, that's pretty much it I like the nod with how they brought in two in certain aspects. There's a big, big one that we'll talk later, but mm-hmm. I liked it. Apparently, people don't enjoy that particular character showing back up. <laughs> but I, I mean, the second movie is actually my favorite, so I was like, you know, uh, I wanted a little bit more of it, of it, but I understand. It's also, I, I do think, as it, it, it does, I mean, structurally, it does certainly follow the first movie more. It it is mm-hmm. the one that worked best for most people, and and it kind of makes sense that it would sort of like because it, if a sequel were to be made today, only according to what the studio XX would want, it would be pretty much a Force Awakens, and this mm-hmm. is following that structure kind of, but it's also kind of commenting on what it means for that structure to be the thing that we do twenty years later. Um, and I do think that it, it is interesting that narratively it is very much a sequel to two and three. Like it's not ignoring them in any mm-hmm. way. Um, you know, every answer, every question that you might have, oh, you know, when Neo wakes, I'm, I'm going ahead, but when Neo wakes up from the Matrix here and he says, oh, then everything I did in, in Revolutions, it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter. And they explain, no, it did matter. It just changed the world yeah, he, in, in a certain way. Yeah, specifically, he was just like, oh, I basically sacrificed myself for things yeah. just 
happened the way exactly they were. So yeah, totally, dude. It, it, and you know, it, and I, and I enjoy that aspect of it as well. I think it works both as a sequel and as this crazy meta commentary on the idea of nostalgia and sequels. I, yeah. I definitely have to agree with that one. Um, my next big question for us is thoughts on the remake characters themselves. So the big ones are Smith and Morpheus. What do we think about the changes to them as these new programs, new things? They still kind of keep some of their old personalities, but they also have slightly different ones. So he's going to start off you. What did you think of some of the remake characters? Um, with Morpheus, I was expecting it um, as, you know, if you've been very tuned into the Matrix, you know that canonically, technically, in the Matrix Online, Morpheus's character dies, and the Wachowskis have always said the Matrix Online is canon. So I was like, okay, then it makes sense to me at least that that Lawrence Fisher, Lawrence Fishburne, isn't in this, even though it sucks not to see him, obviously, because I love him, um, and I really enjoyed Yaya Abdul-Mateen. I think he's amazing. I think the the quirkiness that he brings to the character was fantastic. Um, in terms of Smith, I. I think the role they give him is very interesting because he was always the villain. He was always the foil to Neo's hero. But in the movie, they put him, they put them together, both at the beginning and at the end. At the beginning, they're kind of co-workers. They don't really like each other too much, but, you know, they've built a working relationship. And I think that's interesting. And he kind of represents the business side of the operation. In, in this case, it would be Deus Machina, which is their the name of their developer. Um, I think it, it it's kind of sad that they couldn't make it work with Hugo Weaving. That was the one part of the movie that I was like, oh, man, having Hugo Weaving in this would have been that extra bit of brilliance that I would have wanted from it. But I think Jonathan Groff is fantastic. I, you know, there's, there's also something to be said about the Wachowskis casting uh, gay men as um, mustache-twirling villains, which is not something that they get to do in movies very often. Um, they, they cast cast against type, which I like, um, and uh, yeah, I think he did a great. Uh, his role in the movie is kind of secondary, really, but uh, it because the movie is very much about the relationship between Neo and and Trinity. But you know, I like what they did with him. I'll I'll get into the the part of that when we get to our next part. But I definitely have some things to say about uh, his use in this film. Mm-hmm. Mario, what about you? What did you think of the uh, remake of these two characters? Very much in the same way where I, I knew going in that Morpheus, the main character, apparently died on the Matrix Online games. So I never thought that I would actually see uh, that character in the original form that we know him as. Mm-hmm. To see this version be a sort of sentient creation of uh, both like sort of like the personality of Morpheus and also of Smith, I found fascinating. And I thought that would be the the reason how we would get another um, Smith, but there just seems to be another Smith. So that's the only part of the story. I find the convolutedness of it, of that character inviting both characters while they're also being another one. Um, I wish that was probably more clear in the actual story. But overall, I mean, uh, I'm happy that there is a representation of uh, Morpheus in this for Neo to carry through his journey because there seems to be always needs to be certain elements. Um, But I also like that it introduced in the later half of the story, which was after he was awakened, 
and you see the aftermath of the world and that there's these programs that are trying to live in our world that are leaving, you know, electively leaving the matrix as well. And this is how they're, they're able to be portrayed, which is this sort of um, uh, new life form in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, sort of like transitioning, which I found fascinating. Um, and I, that to me was the aspects that I uh, drew in more uh, for those characters. When it comes to Smith uh, in general, I love Jonathan Groff. Uh, I love them since uh, I've seen him in, in Hamilton and Frozen and stuff like that. Um, but specifically, I think I like his their approach to the character of like uh, him being the boss and him having to dictate that the Warner Brothers needs a sequel and they're going to do it without us regardless. Uh, him being able to deliver that message, I thought was a lot of fun. Um, and him being the pro- like the antagonist probably nice because he's the boss. That was a lot of fun elements. I just don't know where that character is going to go. Uh, and I'm okay with that because uh, it is setting up, I guess, I assume future stories for this world, and that's okay. Um, but I do love their temporary alliance in the later half of the film. I thought that was fun. All right, Saad, so what about you? What did you think of um, the Rebank characters? Um, you know, to be honest, uh, I still don't really know what to think. That was probably uh, one of the things about the movie I didn't like so much is not being able to see our old portrayal, the old portrayals of Smith and um, Morpheus. But at the same time, like I get what they're trying to do, you know, uh, from Keanu to be the one, he has certain catalysts that have to, you know, some stuff has to happen for him to become the one. Right. So there needs to be a Morpheus. There needs to be a Smith. Cause those are all part of his journey to get there. And I appreciate what they try to do with that and uh, how, how they portrayed that. Um, let's see but for as far as the reg as as smith goes uh by himself the that version um i i do like his quirkiness uh you know um you know the the original you can probably you can never replace the original you know, it's just so iconic but uh trying to step into his, his shoes it, it was it was good though so that's pretty much it that's pretty much how much i felt about them all the right. reversal of I'm using Tom versus Anderson in the later half of the film. Just yeah, put them differently. Definitely great. For me, I am also a bit, I, I really like these characters remake characters. I I also knew we were probably not going to see original Morpheus because of lore reasons. So expecting that, but I thought the betrayal of him was amazing and. The one I, I am actually sad about is uh, Agent Smith, because I thought Jonathan Graff did an amazing job playing him. I wish he just had a bit more to the story of it all. I understood why he didn't. I understood the story they were telling. Hopefully in later movies we get to see him, because it felt like there was a part just missing of him in that last uh, shot when they are in the coffee shop and that stuff, that he was supposed to have a little bit more to do then, and he just didn't. But Overall, I thought they did fantastic. Shout out to the suits Morpheus was wearing. Some high mm. fashion there. Come yeah. on. Like, every other scene, he had the most amazing outfit. Like That bright the, orange yeah. suit he's in? Just murking people? Ah, oh, great. In, Dude, in, the yellow uh, one in the bathroom, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Like, and just to put a pin on that i feel like the the one of my favorite things about morpheus in this is that neo creates this program that 
uh, he he thinks is just oh I'm just messing around in this old version of my game, but really he's almost subconsciously trying to create a program that will eventually free him again from the matrix. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost as if part of him knows that he's stuck in this again. And maybe if he creates a new Morpheus, that Morpheus might be able to save him. And he eventually does. I just find that very interesting because it's always, always about him saving himself. Um, I loved it. It was great. I, I have to also get that. Now, there is one more character that really makes up of the new characters that is interesting. I'm going to bring him up in this section as well, but I feel like they are not remake characters. They're just new. And that'd be the analyst, Neil Patrick Harris's mm-hmm. character, who I thought was a fantastic villain to pick for the whole, the big ringleader of everything playing in the Matrix. I thought he did a really good job in the role. I thought he his right amount of quirky sinisterness that he needed. And then just the use of his ability being bullet time to like slow everything. He can beat bullet time and it's stopping time. Fantastic. Thought it was a great ability to give him the counter you know. Um, what about you, Hugo? What did you think of the analyst? For me, Neil Patrick Harris is used perfectly in this because he has that um sort of douchey punchable character that he plays really well he did that in how i met your mother for many years obviously but yes like, it is a character he has perfected and, and i i think he's also pulling from i don't know if you guys have seen gone girl but in mm, gone yeah. girl he also plays this kind of uh very controlling uh cr- almost creepy character who you can tell he's not physically menacing um, he's not, you know, the traditional villain, but there's something sleazy about him that I, I really enjoyed in this as well. Um, the bullet time stuff was brilliant for me. I know a lot of people have said in this movie that the effects are not as groundbreaking as they were in the first one, and they're not. Uh, and I feel like the movie at the beginning just says, oh, bullet time, bullet time, bullet time. We have to replicate bullet time. But you can't. Like, you, yeah. <laughs> You you can't really do something as crazy as bullet time anymore, but that that moment in in the garage where he freezes Neo and he's just walking around and making fun of him, and uh, I don't really know how they did that because it looked really convincing, and I, I yeah, it was great. Yes, I definitely agree. Uh, Mario, what about you? What do you think of Neil Patrick Harris's character in this? I actually I actually thought of him as a remake character because, um, in my opinion, he's a new version of. Uh, the architect, um, in a lot of ways, where uh, yeah, but, I guess that is. Uh, pretty I think, true. but he does mention my predecessor was too, f- yes, you know, fixated on mathematical precision yeah. mm-hmm. and stuff. But I, you know, I understand human emotion. That's why I'm so good at this. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, that to me, he was fulfilling those roles. But in 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 a way that I think that made sense for the movie, in the way that we are so heavily addic- dictated and, and want to look at our screens and. Uh, mm-hmm try to be placated in this world and live in this little bubble. That's what he thrives on. And that's what I love of him being sort of this therapist, this, this coddling of humanity in a lot of ways, um, which is a, a funny, uh, you know, way to think of it. Also, uh, you know, get mental health if you need it. Um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, as, as the sort of architect character of someone who's pulling the strings, he did seem a lot of fun, especially when, but it's interesting. I I just I never thought that I would see that type of character be so directly like attacking our heroes. 
um because mm-hmm. you don't do that in the last one but for him to to the way that they led up to this one i don't know um oh my cat just decided to join us hello cat deja vu <laughs> yeah, there we go deja vu, oh, no. deja vu. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh otherwise yeah I, I did really enjoy his uh sort of to me, reinterpretation of what the architect was in the original trilogy. All right, all right. And lastly, Saws, what did you think about the analyst? Uh, I perfect casting, in my opinion. You know, just Neil Patrick Harris always play, plays, uh, you know, a very cocky, arrogant, but like still funny role. Uh, and just for the like, whenever he's talking to Neo, he just like, yeah, he has that architect kind of like yeah this is what this is, is what this is and my predecessor doesn't do this but i do this and i hated it and like it, you're you're interested in the character and that's um that i mean that's the best they could you could do right especially trying to re like revamp a, um, a franchise without a clear enemy um until mm-hmm. halfway through the movie so um yeah that's it was uh it was a very interesting character and i hope if there is a future movies coming coming then that that he's in it you know However, they can manage that. All right. Um, for me, I thought it was, a, again, a fantastic casting choice and a fantastic role he was playing. And just a very interesting villain encounter now to Neo that the architect was, that Agent Smith was in the beginning. What all these movies have always had is that way to counterbalance the one. And through bullet time and knowledge of human emotion and everything, I thought they did a really good job with that. His whole thing of being like, wait, these two are special. We need to keep them alive. Even though for the safety of the world, for the robots, it probably wasn't the best idea to keep them alive right next to each other, but just far enough apart. I thought I was interesting that they just get to glance at each other while they are in the Matrix and casual passbys, but never enough so it affects anything. All of it planned out perfectly. Again, Matrix, I thought it was fantastic with all that. But um, definitely a character I enjoyed. And if this does bring on sequels or whatever it may be, I hope he is in it and is still a part of the story. Because I think he's quite interesting. And now to um, the next question which I have is... We've talked about the front half of this movie and how we all pretty much enjoyed it. The back half is where people uh, begin to kind of split on this movie... So I'm going to ask, do you think the back half of this movie is good? Does it hold up to that really well done 50 minutes beginning that is just quite enjoyable? And so I'm going to start it off with you, Hugo. What do you think of the back half of this film? I think it's interesting that you say this back half is where people sort of jump off. I, I feel like I've seen a lot of people be very angry about the meta commentary as well and just say, oh, the movie is telling me that it shouldn't exist and, and all that sort of stuff, which which isn't, I think, entirely the point of it. But um, in terms of the back half, I, I think it, it, it surprisingly turns into more of a traditional Matrix movie. It, uh, mm-hmm. some, you know, it's kind of telling a story. I think it... I think the com- it, the completion of the story is more thematic than it is narrative uh, as far as why it's interesting to me. Like the interesting part is the relationship between, between Neo and Trinity and why is it why it's so important. It's it's a story about it's live action anime about love really is what it is. Um and it's also creating a story where 
Neo is part of the creator, Lana Wachowski, but then eventually the, the, he isn't able to be the one until he meets Trinity, who is the other side of the creator, Lana Wachowski, and essentially is the one in this movie more so than he is it's you know it, it if the matrix the first matrix was kind of a veiled metaphor for you know transitioning and 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 the the gender dysphoria that the creators were going through at the time it this very much completes that and I, and i feel like it's almost you know as if to say hey uh, you know you weird uh, uh alt-right people who for some reason have adopted the matrix and think it's for you it it really isn't at the end of the day god is a woman in this movie um, and we're going to paint the sky with rainbows is what they say. So um, I just kind of loved it for that. The, the, the actual mechanics of the story, some some of them do get a little clunky, I think, in the back half. Um, we get all the planning. We get Sati being involved. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, she doesn't get as big a role as maybe the Oracle would have in another movie. Um, we also get a lot of exposition about IO, which... If you're interested in how, you know, the story of the Matrix law-wise is continuing is very fun stuff because I really enjoyed every part Niobe was in it, uh, just talking about what happened. Uh, but if you're maybe not as interested in that stuff or people who maybe only like the first movie, I understand how that stuff can be a bit boring. Um, but overall, I, I thought the messaging of the story was really strong, even if sometimes the mechanics could be a little uh, smoother, I guess. I, I, I definitely agree. agree with that. I can definitely see where you're coming from with that one. Mario, what about you? What do you think about the back half of this film? When we fully dive into the Matrix? Uh, I think once I we got our bearings of like what, what was going on in terms of like them setting it up as the original Matrix movie, then once we finally are back into what we assume is the real world, um, I was totally on board to learning what happened at the course of uh end of revolutions um which we get so much here uh specifically with you know Niobe and, and, and her character and everything that goes on with what how the world is how how do, how do the relationship between uh machines continue on afterwards turns out they fought each other there was their own civil war um and some of them tried to escape and now there's this sort of new future of both humans and also these um sort of sentient is what they yeah what they call themselves. Yeah. And so you get to have this awesome new his new, you know, this new world that you exist that did not exist prior because of the cause of the last movies. And I thought that was a solid my cat keeps trying to reappear on everything here. So I'm gonna just hold on to it. Um <laughs> but otherwise uh I think that to me I found whatever uh, I thought that was super interesting and solid. And when we get to the point where it's it's a highest movie at the end I'm like, yes, this is what I wanted. I wanted a small story. I wanted it to be about Trinity and Neo. You're giving me exactly what I, what I want in terms of that. And to set it up all the way to like visually look like the end of uh, The Matrix, they probably didn't have to go fully that way. Um, but I think that what they were trying to accomplish in the small time space, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think a lot of people have a problem because I'll say it, the action is almost non-existent in this movie in a lot of ways there are kicking there are some fighting but it's not going to be on any level that i've seen this year and i know someone made a comment already that uh shang chi is uh worse than it was at cobra kai or something like that 
I no, it's this. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is the one that doesn't have the, the action. So by letting that go and just focusing on the story that they're telling me, that's why I ended up enjoying it as much as I did. All right, all right. And lastly, saw what did you think about the back half? So yeah, I'm I'm a little like you know polarized on it on each on each side. Mm-hmm. Like I uh, I loved the um, stuff in the real what's happening in the real world, right? You get to see Niobe again. You find out about Io. You uh, you find out what happens to Zion and what's changed and what hasn't. Um, and I love that whole you know neo being back in the real world so i like that whole those whole sections uh in the matrix not so much um you know the second half of the movie it really starts to show that it's this is a love story you know it's more of a love story mm-hmm. than uh well i guess it's always been a love story but this one just makes it abundantly clear hey we're just they need to be together otherwise he's not going to be the one and you know uh that I think just projected too much earlier in the movie around that time. So I, uh, so I, I enjoyed uh, all the stuff in the real world, and then not so much the, in the Matrix. That's pretty much it. All right, all right. I can definitely. So you weren't a big fan of like, let's say the uh, like the ending uh, coffee coffee house scene and the uh, the fight. Not the most, yeah. uh, like the abandoned building fight. Yeah, kind of. Like uh, in the second half, I just didn't like how uh, how much it was just focusing on them being together. It's, it just seems a little bit forced, if that makes any sense. But instead of just kind of, you know, in, in the first one, obviously he's fighting Smith and d- dies. And then because of because of her saying she's in love with him, the, he he gets revitalized as the one. I I totally get that, but I don't. It just seemed forced, I guess you could say. Okay, I can I can definitely see where you're coming from with this. Uh, for me personally, I I I really like the whole everything we saw in the real world with Io with Naomi learning about these. Um programs that wanted out of the matrix entirely and now use basically magnets and ball bearings to have a physical form in the world and that's where they live helping society live together with robot program and person I thought was super cool I also thought some of the designs of the, the robots that have uh, left the bad robots and joined the good ones were really interesting. Like the giant bird, I thought was a super cool design. I thought oh, that was yeah. super interesting. The one that would end up being Sati, yeah. 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 I thought that was cool. I thought the little uh, like stick insect one was also really neat. I'm just happy a lot of them didn't talk because I was afraid we we're going to get like uh, oh. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was a little worried. I'll admit that I'm like, oh, don't have a voice. Oh. If you're voiced by John Goodman, I'm going to be a little upset about this. <laughs> Yo, I'm trippy red. I'm I was my cameo. <laughs> uh, no, no, for sure. I will say uh, real quick though, um, the idea that that this new Matrix is powered by both of them, and it, it was being it's it's so much stronger with both of them in it, or at least them being somewhat close to each other. I found that fascinating. So yeah, when it comes to the end of like. Uh, the moment where she's holding him and then they're together in that mm-hmm. one moment. I was like, ah, oh, so cool. So cool. She could fly now. Yeah, I, I, def- I definitely liked how they kind of went on that direct, you know, 
they went out towards that direction where if Neo wouldn't be the one without Trinity and and then vice versa. So um, I, I like I did like the end where they were together and they uh, you know they flew off together and it just was the happy it was the happy ending that Neo and Trinity sh- you know deserved, have always yeah. wanted yeah and deserved exactly. So yeah no the, it's this movie is definitely interesting where it comes to ups and downs with about about love with, between the two so it's uh, to me the the story as a whole is um, I, I think there's criticism and and maybe this is what you didn't gravitate towards as much is that the movie doesn't feel like it has big stakes like it it's very much oh we're free neo from the matrix um but really you know IO is kind of living on its own in peace. Um, we're not currently technically at war with the machines. Like the, the the conflict in the movie is more about oh the new version of the Matrix is so good that humanity kind of doesn't want to leave it, and the humans that are outside are, have kind of given up because they you know they've managed to create a peace. They're not fighting anymore. They maybe they've become a bit complacent. That's more the conflict in it, and it. It becomes this love story because together Neo and Trinity could be the inspiration for, you know, for it not to be just IO. Maybe the whole world could be more cooperation between the machines and the humans in general. Um, And so the movie is basically more of a drama sci-fi than an action film. Like, I feel like the action is almost there because it has to be. Um, And to me, I always felt that the story of the the story of the trilogy was complete there, there wasn't and and i like that the movie basically says neo has done what he needed to do mm-hmm. for us and now we're going to do something for him we're going to reunite him with trinity and now and then trinity becomes the inspiration. she's the one who almost wants to fight or she's the one who wants to change the matrix um she's the one that that you know maybe will will in the future create uh something new or maybe expand io or whatever we don't know um interestingly you guys have mentioned sequels um lana wachowski has basically said that she's done and she's not doing more um this was said by keanu in in interviews yeah no this has been this has come out yeah she she doesn't really do interviews uh for somebody i mean she's a very private person i suppose um Mm -hmm. and i got to meet her once it was cool (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah oh really that's that awesome. sounds awesome oh yeah i think Kristen told me about this yeah yeah, oh, yeah. god that, it, i would love to meet her she's she's great they're lovely um go ahead, go and i do think the movie to me feels almost as sort of an open-ended conclusion to what the matrix is it's kind of reaffirming its themes and its ideas and it's kind of at the same time telling you where the story went and where the story is going and also maybe kind of telling you not to worry about it too much like it's almost saying it's going to be okay you know neo did this uh the future is is going towards a more positive direction but it is an endless mm-hmm. struggle it doesn't just you know it's not it's not a messiah messiah story as the trilogy might make you think like it's not oh he did this and now we're all safe and free and everything's going to be fine forever that's not how things work in the real world mm. but there is hope it, with love we can improve the world and that kind of stuff it's open-ended and I, I don't know if i mean there might be more matrix movies i don't know if they will be 
directly sequels to this. Like, I don't know if Keanu Reeves comes back without Lana Wachowski, and I don't know if Carrie Ann Moss comes back without like, Lana Wachowski. So we'll see what happens, but... Yeah, I think there's strong loyalty to her with those directors. Yeah. With the uh, actors, of course. But uh, I just want to jump on one thing, Hugo. This one is... Uh, no, Hugo is going to appreciate it. It felt like Evangelion 3.0 oh, yeah. plus one twice upon time. That's how... Yeah. That's when I, I finished this, I felt the same exact way. I've seen yeah. this story now for 100%. most of my life. Uh, it is open-ended, but you're kind of just left to worry. And these characters are now on a path that is brighter than what they were doing before, but still not the best, probably. Mm-hmm. I, I will see what um, Yeah. I, I do like how at the end, uh, instead of saying, oh, we're getting rid of the Matrix, he's just like, yeah, we got some cha- things, some changes to make. That's see, So, yeah. Tech, yeah, he's not saying... You know, the Matrix needs to be gone. There's that good middle ground that came with this movie ever since the um, third one, where there's peace, but uh, people aren't wanting to leave the Matrix. So, you know, a little bit, some changes are needed to make them not so imprisoned either. That's like what that. I was going to ask, because that is still the goal, right? The goal is ultimately mm-hmm. to get everyone unhooked from the Matrix, but they have to do it in the means of that doesn't break the dis- prosperity between the robots and them. I don't know if that is the goal. I, th- I think the goal is just peace and yeah. choice and letting people choose whether they want to be in the Matrix or not. And in the same way as programs can kind of choose whether they want to be in the digital world or in the real world now. It's kind of yeah. the ideally would go back and forth. And, and you can see the humans are being able to create new sources of energy they they have their new technology that creates the sky and humidity and recreating nature and so maybe they will be able to working together create a world where the the machines don't need uh, to enslave humanities in order to survive that i think ideally that's where it would go but i don't know i kind of feel it would almost work better if they did like crazy lore comic books that are set a thousand years after I, I would cinema. personally yeah. really like us to go do Animatrix 2 oh, that's yeah. what oh, I, yeah. I would personally be, like to see is yeah. give, give like 10 anime directors a 20 minute thing to just make a Matrix story in and oh, see yeah. what you come up with I think you could do some real fun stuff with that sure. if this story had to continue and all that kind of thing New video so, so kind of going back to what... Uh, sorry, go ahead. Say new video okay. games, please. Yeah, a new video game would be nice. But um, going back to what Hugo said, I don't know. I also don't think it's that's like the ultimate end game where you just want to stop the Matrix forever. Because, uh, But definitely just to have it be... The, the the plan was peace, right? So a lot of people, uh, they were, uh, I forget who it was, but somebody said earlier in the movie that people don't want to leave the Matrix. They want to stage act in. Um, and I think that's what they're trying to do is just make sure the people who want to get jacked, stay in the Matrix are doing so with more control than rather than being a prisoner. So that's, uh, yeah. that's what I, th- I thought about it. I would uh, definitely have to. I think I agree with that as well. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Ultimately, I think, and this is, I'm going to go ahead and read a quote from Lana. This is the quote that I've heard throughout the, this entire period, but mm-hmm. this is a bridge version of it, is um, what this movie is essentially about to them, which is my dad died, then my mom died, all in one night. I was crying and I couldn't sleep. And my brain exploded this whole story. It was immediately comforting to know that these two characters are alive again. So ultimately, her coming to terms of bringing these characters for her, for herself, 
I find to me is the greatest reason why this movie exists in the first place. Um, just having those comforts back and having people in, in the medium in which you could bring people back. And I think that works for this whole way of what the matrix is as a cinema experience yeah. is when we, the first question I asked is our history of the matrix. And we all had these really fun stories, fond stories of it. Yeah. So there's comfort in that. There's comfort in her being able to do those characters and go through that. So I think that's, if that's the reason why this movie was made, that's an amazing reason. Nostalgia is, is, so nostalgia can be a very powerful uh, tool and uh, just a good way of recovering for uh, recovering from a trauma. It's just nostalgia is that a beautiful thing, and I think that's what kind of went into this. I I definitely have to agree with that. It's it's also yeah. Thanks, Mario, for bringing up that uh, quote. I think it's. It's from an interview that she did. It's like the only interview that she did. It was for this yeah. uh, festival in Berlin. And I watched the whole interview. And, and you can tell everyone working on this is doing it out of love uh, for the series, for the characters and all that. And, you know, there's, I've seen a lot of things online with people saying, oh, she intentionally made a terrible movie so she could kill the franchise. And uh, she, she she's telling fans that they shouldn't be fans. And, and she's intentionally made, a, you know, the action bat. The movie is clearly very in love with The Matrix as both a cultural thing and as something that they created. Um, and, and in love, I think, with the fans who like it for the right reasons. I think it is telling some of the fans who adopted it for, you know, the, all the red pill, pe- red pill people who unfortunately <laughs> mm-hmm. did, did things with it. That it's basically telling them to fuck off. Um, but it, I, I think it's just not... I think it's kind of irresponsible to put out there the idea that they would make a movie intentionally to kill the franchise or make it bad intentionally or just want to be against fans. That's not really what it is to me. Um, If they wanted to ruin the careers, they could have stopped making movies after Jupiter's Ascending, but they didn't. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They they did Jupiter Ascending and, you know, they're still working. And that movie's awesome and bad. It's so good. (laughs) It's so good and terrible. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. It's It's a... It's a wonderful, it. awful, beautiful, awful time. Yeah, so good. I, 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 lo- I love it. It <laughs> sucks. Um, <laughs> but it, I think if you didn't like the movie, that's fine. Uh, I think I understand why a lot of people didn't like the movie, but I, I just wish people wouldn't go a step further and try to speculate what the creators think of it. Because uh, I generally think people who create things should be admired, uh, even when they fail. Um, and and I think they do it out of love for what they do because otherwise why would you put yourself out there in that way? So I don't know. I think it's always good to criticize the, criticize the art without necessarily having to attack the artist. I I definitely have to agree with that. That was an amazing point. And with it, I I truly think even just watching this film, you can feel the love that was put into this by the yeah. actors and by the directing and the the choices and all that. This, this doesn't feel like a movie that was just, let's throw Matrix idea, buzzwords at a wall and see what sticks and go from there. There was a there lot was of a thought through, into it, yeah. There's a through line and there was a great story throughout it. Does it get weird in some places? Yeah, the Matrix always has been weird. Is the action not really there? Yes. But you had three amazing action films. If you want to have one that is pure talking and philosophy and all that, that's fine. That's a great thing. 
And with that, that brings us to a listener question. But before we do that listener question, we got to do a little bit of an ad read real quick. Let me just pull that up. All right. This episode is brought to you by Buzzsprout. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, which is why we partnered up with Buzzsprout to help you succeed. Buzzsprout gives your show listened on listed on every major podcast platform. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. If you're looking for a great podcast website, audio player that can Drop onto other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your content, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Follow the link in the description below. Let Buzzsprout know we sent you and get you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up to a play plan and help support our show. Now, back to the show. Alright. Now we just gotta pull up Christians. Alright. Right, Rich, you got that pulled up? Yeah, I got it pulled up. Uh, just let me know when you're ready. Uh, we're ready. Cool. Hit us. Hello, penultimate conquest crew. This is uh, Christian here. First of all, Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you're enjoying. God bless. Uh, second of all, question for the gang, for the for the show. Um, do you think the Matrix Resurrections will get uh, a sequel? Sounds easy enough to answer, right? Wrong. So many other questions spawn out from this one, uh, uh, this one question here, right? Do Lana and or Lily return to write slash direct? Do Neo and Trinity return for a sequel? What do we see? You know, um, do we get a new trilogy? Are we going to get, uh, you know, people finally coming out of the Matrix? Um, will machines? People and sentience coexist? Is that what we're headed towards? Yeah, I don't know. So many things to think about here, uh, about where we go um, with that, you know, kind of open ending. So what do you guys think? Will we get some more Matrix sequels? Thank you. Also, shout out Hugo. All right. Hello, penultimate conquest. everybody catch up i just want to make sure yeah yeah yeah. we've got it <laughs> okay yeah i thought it was yeah. gonna be All right. uh, uh hornier to be honest i thought it would be hornier too kind of, kind of I, I was expecting here. it to be about keanu i'll be honest i was expecting it to be about yeah. here, keanu here's yeah. the honest answer and i, I honestly I don't think, in this oh or can, you need to chill or... yeah yeah you have you have uh, you were on the ball way ahead of time you go <laughs> <laughs> let's see you were jacked into that question yeah. Cool. Honestly, if they do another movie, it should be about bugs. This movie, honestly. Yes. The one yeah. character that we haven't really talked about is Bugs. Bugs is the best new character should in, be this bugs. Entire, yeah. in this entire film. So if if, if we're gonna have Neo and, and Trinity, they should only be peripheral characters like Niobe, in my opinion. They should be able to enjoy retirement. I mean, they could still be doing their thing, obviously. They go to the Matrix every now and then. Um, but as a movie, as someone to follow, Bugs is your main character. And I, I, I think that she took a backseat in all this just to service, obviously, all the other things that are happening in the film, which there's a lot of stuff. 
uh, she to me is the star of if you're going to do anything else going forward. Either it's going to be this uh, emerging conflict between you know the machines versus the machines and machines versus humans and what is that leading into? I mean, there's some talk of possible more war. Um, but I love the idea that someone brought up, or I believe even Christian brought up, can't knock something over, uh, where um, the humans coming together, maybe that is the end result. And I think that would be fa- far more fascinating of how they're able to uh, exist without the Matrix. All right, all right. Saj, what about you? Do you think there's going to be a sequel to this? What do you think? Um, so, yeah, we talked about this earlier. Um, I, I don't think there will be, but if there is, uh, you know, what we've said the past five minutes mm-hmm. is that we hope it's about bugs. Uh, that's, that's where I am. And Jessica Henwick did a great job with bugs and made her, like, uh, you know, made a really light character feel more important. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I think, you know, if, if there is going to be another one, it should be about bugs. All right, all right, I guess. Uh, for me, it will be, I am quite happy with it ending here. I think the story of The Matrix was done when it, when it re-ended the originals, but I think Resurrections does a great job of completing a story of Trinity and Neo as characters together. Not because... The first three are just about Neo's journey of the One, Messiah, all that kind of thing, Savior. And this one felt like, finally, the culmination of he gets his moment, but also it's Trinity's moment that the One maybe is not just a one-person thing, and it is back again. It is a different person, and of course that translates to what's going on through the changes and everything of the directors i think that's a beautiful story and i think it's a great story to tell for the medium of the matrix has always been about that with its subs subplots and everything so for me i think we're not going to see another one but if we did i have a different answer than everyone i think we should go into an animatrix style because i'm the anime guy and i think giving a couple of directors especially the ones at the current moment doing anime do some crazy ass shit with the matrix and i'd love to see it do a Star Wars Visions type thing on HBO Max. It'd be great. All right. I could absolutely see some Animatrix stuff. Um, I don't. I don't think Lana Wachowski would ever do more. But if she did, she might write about bugs. Uh, bugs. Just a final, just a small thought. But there's the scene where Bugs, uh, you know, is kind of lost and going through the motions of her life, and then she sees this old man who's going to jump. But he never falls, and that what make that's what makes her realize that she's in the matrix and leaving this fake life. It's kind of a parallel to a story that Lana Wachowski herself has told about her own life when she was young and she was experiencing uh, uh, gender dysphoria. She wasn't coming to terms with her identity. She she was going to attempt suicide. In uh, sorry, content warning, suicide. She was going to attempt uh, suicide by jumping in front of a train which is why the final scene in the original Matrix is that big fight uh, uh, in the train station. But the reason why she didn't is because she looked over and, and, and saw this old man who she didn't know and, and, you know, she didn't have any relationship to him. But just seeing this man see her in the eyes and look at her made her realize that, uh, you know, she, she exists and she's worth, that her existence is worth it. 
and that scene where Bugs sees Neo is kind of a nod to that story, uh, which I think is lovely. So uh, if she could ever write great. something more about Bugs, I, I think it would be interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely. That's all the I stuff that I know love that, that they're exploring that I loved, yeah. uh, that I found interesting, that is so powerful in this first half. So that's why I would love for those stuff to be yeah. reinforced later and more into Bugs' character. I definitely agree. Bugs was a standout among a movie of a whole bunch of other standouts. Great. Just great all around. And of that, it brings us to our final thoughts. Any any last words we want to say on The Matrix, Hugo? Anything, anything else you want to wrap up your thoughts on it? I have so many thoughts on The Matrix. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll be watching this movie for years. Uh, and I think every time I rewatch it, I will appreciate it a little more. I'm, I actually might go see it in the cinema finally tomorrow because um, I had to watch it on because it hadn't released in Italy until you know a few days ago. Mm -hmm. it released late, so I thanks shout out to Willy Mejia who gave me his uh, HBO password <laughs> and I watched it with a VPN because I couldn't have watched it otherwise. Uh, I love that man. Um, shout out to Willy. We give him a big shout out. Here. Everyone yeah. loves Willy. Yeah, he's the best. And he's the best. But yeah, I might see it tomorrow again, and I'm going to see it for years. I can't wait to buy the 4K Blu-ray, because it... I don't know, I oh, love yeah. this whole series, and I, and I think... I'm definitely getting that one. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think watching them all back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back will make them all feel sort of big, small parts of a whole. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I loved it. Mm. I love it. Mario, any final thoughts you got for me? I think going back into watching this one, it's made me want to reevaluate watching 2 and 3 again. Um, it's been a very long, long time since I've been able to uh, enjoy those films. Uh, definitely am excited to watch this again uh, because I believe it still has some time left on HBO Max, um, which I, you know, I think is a, a fine place to watch it if you don't have access to the theater, especially right now, um, everything going yeah. on. Uh, but uh, when it comes to the films themselves, um, I always found myself to be a Fairweather Matrix person. I think the first Matrix movie blew me away. And that's the one I think about still the most. Um, I'm just happy in my lifetime that I got me a, a second great Matrix film. Um, this being a little bit more personal. And I think that to me is what ultimately uh, I'll carry with it going forward. I have obviously a thousand other things I could talk about this movie, but I have COVID brain. And so it's all blocked right now. So. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, Saad, what about you? Any final thoughts on this one? Absolutely. Yeah, no. Um the I've seen this movie probably about like four or five times now. The first time I saw it, um I was so indifferent because it was such a different type of movie. Um I didn't really have many thoughts, but every mm -hmm. single time I've I've watched it since then I've had a blast. So I'm like a hundred percent happy that this movie exists and it's gonna be uh I'm excited to discover all these little things that they hid in the movie that you know, that you'd notice later on. Um so yeah, uh, if you haven't watched it, it's a, it's definitely worth a go, in my opinion. I, again, I don't see any reason unless you are just not a Matrix person to not watch this film. It's on HBO Max. It's an amazing ride, and especially if you are a Matrix person, you gotta go watch this. It is a great conclusion to an amazing story that is still left with just enough questions to make it interesting. It was a fantastic look back and also 
look forward at the same time into this world, and I thought it did it perfectly. And with that, we get to plugs. Hugo, you got anything you want to plug today? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Hugo underscore and on Letterboxd. Follow me on Letterboxd. That's more fun, uh, less contentious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just Hugo. Are we Pinay. sure it is? <laughs> it's Letterboxd. No, it, yeah, my Letterboxd is is fine. Um, <laughs> and you can listen to my podcast. Remember the film. Uh, we recently did an episode that I really, really enjoyed doing on Bong Joon Ho's Memories of Murder, which is a movie Ooh, I absolutely love. Fantastic. So yeah, you should you should check that out. All right, definitely it will be. All right, Mario, what you plug into today? I'm ready to plug this cat because I keep biting me and it hurts. Ow. <laughs> um, no. Uh, oh, okay. Sorry. Um, you can follow me at Point in Progress uh, with my other co-hosts, which, of course, we talk about video games and movies and all types of fun stuff. Uh, we recently did all of our Game of the Year uh, content where I edited all the videos of everyone's selections of their top five games that they've uh, played. Yeah. Definitely and, want to say it was amazing. Everyone, the way you guys did that was amazing. Everyone chose Returnal, right? Uh, <laughs> no, none of us played Returnal, <laughs> which was the most funniest bit. Uh, instead, we all played Loop, Loop Hero and uh, Final Fantasy, apparently. It was the big one. Um, <laughs> sure. I gave shout yeah. outs to uh, Kenna Bridge of Spirits, but even so um so we have that over there and i also have another show where i do uh marvel stuff called marvel uh the mc university which essentially is a somewhat class of all the old marvel movies before this current mcu uh started so uh the next movie we're doing i believe is spider-man 2 so ooh, to get ready for that one Ooh, and perfect timing to be doing that one with no way home and everything I know, so hopefully we'll get through that. I think we're actually going to do No Way Home as like the last episode, if there's no more movies after Mobius. So, <laughs> if Mobius ever comes out, but then, but then the then the Doctor Strange trailer showed stuff, and I'm like, oh god, we're going to be doing this forever. Uh, we're, we're stuck here forever. It is the Mo- Matrix. Mobius is going to end all movies. Yeah, it's just going to come out, and it's, it's going to people are just going to say, "Okay, we're not watching movies anymore." Thanks. That's it, folks. We we had a good run. It's been sixty yeah. years. We've been doing this. It's over. Back of the bags, Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, Saz, what are you plugging today? Um, just Saj and Squarepants, and pretty much anywhere. Um, I. Don't have uh, any any like streaming or anything like that, but just uh, on Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know, PSN, Xbox, all the same. Size and square pants. All right, and I'm just gonna be plugging my Twitter, Ryan the Lion three zero five five, for uh, follow me for any hot takes and wherever the hell I am on the internet that week. It could be here, it could be at other places, shows. Who really knows? And with that, I have to thank you for listening. Taking the red pill and spending now with us to talk about the Matrix. Thank you. Have a good night.